All right, guys, welcome to the week one review and Thursday night preview. Today we have Allie. Hello. Caleb. Hey, hey. Myself, yo, 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 and Luke. What up, what up? All right, let's get into this week's games. Uh, Bills kind of trounced the Rams looking a little old. Caleb, give us the breakdown. Yeah, Bills win this one 31-10 on the road, a game that was never really all that close and didn't feel particularly close at any point in time. Josh Allen um, kind of dominated. He goes for almost 300 yards through the air, accounts for four total touchdowns. Um, Stafford, I think, looked real bad. Uh, three interceptions, but also just the eye test is not there. Um, makes you think the elbow might be more of an issue than maybe the Rams are letting on. Um, I think the one bright spot for the Rams offense was Cooper Cup, who kind of picked up right where he left off last year. He went for, you know, about a buck 30 and a touchdown. Um, and a big story for me from this game is just like, how much can you rely on that Rams defense? Uh, we understand that the Bills are a very good offense, but, um, they kind of went up and down the field like at will, basically. And particularly Jalen Ramsey got victimized the entire night um i think Diggs had like eight catches against him or something like that so um those are kind of the big stories for me and and something i'm gonna be keeping an eye on um going forward is is definitely that rams defense yeah jalen ramsey uh looking uh what you would call washed uh perfect pass rating against in week one um saints going against the falcons luke what you got well, of course, the Falcons did what the Falcons do. They blew a huge lead. Uh, you saw Jameis Winston actually didn't have too bad of a game, 269 yards and two touchdowns. Kamara, for some reason, only had 12 touches during the game. And I know personally I have him in a league, so I'm pretty pissed about that one. Uh, slant God, Michael Thomas. Um, in case you weren't going to play him, now you can. Five catches, eight on eight targets, two touchdowns in crunch time. Jarvis Landry, though, is the big story of this game. Uh, I mean, obviously he's talented, but nobody really was, – he wasn't on anybody's radar. He had seven catches for 114 yards. Unfortunately, didn't find the end zone. Uh, Chasem Hill had four carries for 81 yards. Uh, I don't know how this is happening. If he's in the game, he's getting the ball. So, don't know what defenses are doing. But if you can play him at tight end in your league, I would pick him up because that's easy points. For – the Falcons, Marcus Mariota, which, terrible. Uh, he played, had rushing upside. He had 72 yards and a touchdown. Didn't really throw the ball very well. Um, somehow, Cordero Patterson is still playing, and he's still dominating. Had 120 yards and a touchdown. And Atlanta receivers, they're all pretty much bums. Like, Drake London's a new rookie. He's okay. But Kyle Pitts, two catches, 19 yards, seven targets. I don't know how much of that's Mariota's fault, but Kyle Pitts smells good right now. Yeah, uh, Kyle Pitts, true. There's not a good day for them. Um, the Eagles against the Lions. This actually was a really fun game to watch. Uh, I thought the Lions actually aren't that bad this year, and it seems like that might be the case. Um, Eagles take it 38-35, highest scoring game of Sunday. Um, Hurts. 
did okay passing, had 90 yards rushing and a rushing TD, really was on the verge of having one of the top games um, of the week. All three Eagles running backs had a one-yard touchdown run. Uh, Miles Sanders, 13 for 96 slash line. He had a TD. Um, That's his first touchdown since 2019 for those keeping track at home. Um, This might be a time you might look to sell him if you can get a good price. Um, Doesn't seem like the Eagles really care to feed him. Um, A.J. Brown went nuts in week one. 10 catches on 13 targets, 155 yards. He came up one yard shy of a bomb touchdown. Um, Could have been a really, really, really big day. I mean, you're still feeling great. It seems like um, all the other Eagles receivers combined had one catch on five targets. Devonta Smith didn't catch a ball. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Hurts spreads the ball out a little bit more. Um, Goddard, I guess, was was the second the second target there. Um, Goff did okay, two touchdowns, interception. Um, the real story of this game was Devontae or DeAndre Swift. Sorry. Um, 15 carries for 144 yards and only one touchdown. Um, Should have been a two or three touchdown game. We'll get back to that later. Um, But I watched this game pretty much the whole way through. He looks like the best running back in the league right now. Um, Jamal Williams stole two of his touchdowns, even though he only had 11 carries for 28 yards. Amon-Ra, not exactly the start we hoped for, but... You know, eight catches on 12 targets for 64 yards and a touchdown. Chark got his targets as well, 52 yards and a touchdown. Um, And really a fun game to watch. Uh, I think that's interesting. Interesting to see Eagles defense that looked pretty decent a year ago. Um, Not not looking so hot right now, giving up 35 points to the Lions. Um, A game I thankfully didn't watch at all. Uh, the Jaguars and the Commanders. Caleb, uh, hope you didn't have the misfortune of watching this one either. Well, guys, if you missed this one, you missed the Carson Wentz experience Washington version. I mean, we had everything from Wentz in this game. He started off with, I think, two touchdown drives, looked like the best quarterback in the league, and then right after that immediately went interception interception and then we got to the fourth quarter and he once again transformed back into Peyton Manning 2.0 led two touchdown drives in the fourth Washington takes it 28-22 over the Jags um other noteworthy storylines from this game I think uh ETN looked pretty good only got four touches but was able to pick up 47 yards on the ground um he did put the ball on the ground so that kind of hurts from a fantasy perspective but looks like there's some potential there um like I said Wentz is the big story uh another big story for the commanders is what up what up all right, let's get into this week's games. Uh, Bills kind of trounced the Rams, looking a little old. Caleb, give us the breakdown. Yeah, Bills win this one 31-10 on the road, a game that was never really all that close and didn't feel particularly close at any point in time. Josh Allen um, kind of dominated. He goes for almost 300 yards through the air, accounts for four total touchdowns. Um 
Stafford, I think, looked real bad. Uh, three interceptions, but also just the eye test is not there. Um, makes you think the elbow might be more of an issue than maybe the Rams are letting on. Um, I think the one bright spot for the Rams offense was Cooper Cup, who kind of picked up right where he left off last year. He went for, you know, about a buck 30 and a touchdown. Um, and a big story for me from this game is just like, how much can you rely on that Rams defense? Uh, we understand that the Bills are a very good offense, but um, they kind of went up and down the field like at will, basically. And particularly Jalen Ramsey got victimized the entire night. Um, I think Diggs had like eight catches against him or something like that. So um, those are kind of the big stories for me and, and something I'm going to be keeping an eye on um, going forward is, is definitely that Rams defense. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey uh, looking uh, what you would call washed. Uh, perfect pass rating against in week one. Um, Saints going against the Falcons. Luke, what you got? Well, of course, the Falcons – did what the Falcons do. They blew a huge lead. Uh, you saw Jameis Winston actually didn't have too bad of a game, 269 yards and two touchdowns. Kamara, for some reason, only had 12 touches during the game. And I know personally I have him in a league, so I'm pretty pissed about that one. Uh, slant God, Michael Thomas. Um, in case you weren't going to play him, now you can. Five catches, eight on eight targets, two touchdowns in crunch time. Jarvis Landry, though, is the big story of this game. Uh, I mean, obviously he's talented, but nobody really was, – he wasn't on anybody's radar. He had seven catches for 114 yards. Unfortunately, didn't find the end zone. Uh, Chasem Hill had four carries for 81 yards. Uh, I don't know how this is happening. If he's in the game, he's getting the ball. So don't know what defenses are doing. But if you can play him at tight end in your league, I would pick him up because that's easy points. For – the Falcons, Marcus Mariota, which, terrible. Uh, he played, had rushing upside. He had 72 yards and a touchdown. Didn't really throw the ball very well. Um, somehow, Cordero Patterson is still playing, and he's still dominating. Had 120 yards and a touchdown. And Atlanta receivers, they're all pretty much bums. Like, Drake London's a new rookie. He's okay. But Kyle Pitts, two catches, 19 yards, seven targets. I don't know how much of that's Mariota's fault, but Kyle Pitts smells good right now. Yeah, uh, Kyle Pitts, true. There's not a good day for them. Um, the Eagles against the Lions. This actually was a really fun game to watch. Uh, I thought the Lions actually aren't that bad this year, and it seems like that might be the case. Um, Eagles take it 38-35, highest scoring game of Sunday. Um, Hurts. Did okay passing, had 90 yards rushing and a rushing TD. Really was on the verge of having one of the top games um, of the week. All three Eagles running backs had a one-yard touchdown run. Uh, Miles Sanders, 13 for 96 slash line. He had a TD. Um, that's his first touchdown since 2019 for those keeping track at home. Um, this might be a time you might look to sell him if you can get a good price. Um, doesn't seem like the Eagles really care to feed him. Um, A.J. Brown went nuts in week one. Ten catches on 13 targets, 155 yards. He came up one yard shy of a bomb touchdown. Um, could have been a really, really, really big day. 
I mean, you're still feeling great. It seems like um, all the other Eagles receivers combined had one catch on five targets. Devonta Smith didn't catch a ball. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Hurts spreads the ball out a little bit more. Um, Goddard, I guess, was was the second the second target there. Um, Goff did okay, two touchdowns, interception. Um, the real story of this game was Devontae or DeAndre Swift. Sorry. Um, 15 carries for 144 yards and only one touchdown. Um, should have been a two or three touchdown game. We'll get back to that later. Um, but I watched this game pretty much the whole way through. He looks like the best running back in the league right now. Um, Jamal Williams stole two of his touchdowns, even though he only had 11 carries for 28 yards. Amon Ra, not exactly the start we hoped for, but... You know, eight catches on 12 targets for 64 yards and a touchdown. Chark got his targets as well, 52 yards and a touchdown. Um, and really a fun game to watch. Uh, I think that's interesting. Interesting to see Eagles defense that looked pretty decent a year ago. Um, not not looking so hot right now, giving up 30, 35 points to the Lions. Um, a game I thankfully didn't watch at all. Uh, the Jaguars and the Commanders. Caleb, uh, hope you didn't have the misfortune of watching this one either. Well, guys, if you missed this one, you missed the Carson Wentz experience, Washington version. I mean, we had everything from Wentz in this game. He started off with, I think, two touchdown drives, looked like the best quarterback in the league, and then right after that immediately went interception interception and then we got to the fourth quarter and he once again transformed back into peyton manning 2.0 led two touchdown drives in the fourth washington takes it 28 22 over the jags um other noteworthy storylines from this game, I think uh, ETN looked pretty good. Only got four touches, but was able to pick up 47 yards on the ground. Um, he did put the ball on the ground, so that kind of hurts from a fantasy perspective, but looks like there's some potential there. Um, like I said, Wentz is the big story. Uh, another big story for the commanders is Jahan Dodson, the rookie wide receiver from Penn State. Um only had three catches for 40 yards, but was able to snag two touchdowns. So if you um, have a crystal ball and you played him, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Uh, Curtis Samuel looks like he's going to get a lot of work in the the commander's offense. Um, he had eight catches on 11 targets to go along with a touchdown. Uh, so definitely some PPR upside there. Um, James Robinson looked okay. Um Trevor Lawrence looked okay, one touchdown, one interception. But I think uh, for me, it was the the Wentz experience that really made this game worth worth checking out. Yeah, he uh, he's always known for wanting to fill out the stat sheet, right? It was interesting to see J. Rob, who was uh, going to be eased back in, out touch uh, Etn two to one. So um, something to monitor there for sure. Um, Niners Bears, uh, pretty interesting game here. If you're wondering if you want to panic about any guys in this game, definitely don't. Caleb, tell us why. Yeah, this is a classic bad weather game, guys. Uh, they were basically playing in the middle of a monsoon. I don't know if you guys caught the Justin Fields visual of him. It looked like he was on a slip and slide. Um, 
just sliding through puddles of water. Um, so like you said, Carter, you know, I don't, I don't take too much away from this game. Uh, Justin Fields did look good in the second half through two big touchdowns, kind of bring them back from a halftime deficit. Um, Trey Lance looked very mid. Um, I'm of the opinion that Trey Lance is a mid quarterback, but, uh, he can run, which is good for fantasy. So, um, do with that information, what you want. No George Kittle in this one, and Niners take a big blow. Uh, Elijah Mitchell leaves the game in the second quarter with a knee injury. It sounds like he's going to be out for, you know, call it two months or so. Um, so we'll, we'll get to, to waiver wire pickups and things like that later, but um, definitely looking at some San Francisco running backs there. And sort of the last storyline from this game is just like, something that I was thinking about on Sunday is like, how long is the leash for Trey Lance, right? Like you've got Jimmy Garoppolo. They tried to trade him this off season, no takers, right? Obviously the contract's an issue there, but um, he's taken you to a Super Bowl and he's done it with Kyle Shanahan. So, uh, you know, the question for me is like, if this skid turns into two games, three games, four games to start the year, how long are they going to stick with Trey Lance before they go back to Jimmy G and go back to kind of, what's been been tried and true there so i think something worth keeping an eye on yeah definitely and like you said i mean apparently the weather was so bad that on the broadcast they actually had to put cgi lines on the field so that you could see where they were at um but you know both teams are playing on the on the same field so it feels like the 49ers should have been able to get that one done um browns baker Gone back to Cleveland, take on the old boys. How'd it go, Allie? Well, the Browns squeaked out a win this week. Um, if you're wondering the last time they had a win, their the home the opener, it was 2004, which means that Usher was topping the billboards that year. So it's been a while, so they got a win that they've been waiting for. Um, the backup percent brought them to the win. Um, didn't have any mistakes, no interceptions, no fumbles, but was only averaging a little over four yards per attempt. The Browns' run game is really what won them the game there. Hunt and Chubb, um, they were just running all over the field. Baker had an okay game. He went 16 for 27 for 235 yards. Found Robbie Anderson five times for 102 yards and a touchdown. So, again, we'll talk about him a little bit on the waiver wire later, but... CMC had a little bit of a tough game. You know, he went top three in a lot of leagues with that were um, for running backs. Um, he only had four receptions for 24 yards and 33 running yards. So true MVP of this game, 58-yard field goal from Cade York, the Browns kicker. Um, and you were pretty happy this week if you had any of the running backs on the, on the Browns because they had a great game. Yeah, the Browns... I don't. I don't think anybody looked very good in that game except for for the Browns running backs. Uh, you're feeling pretty good if you started either of them. Um, probably one of the top two shockers of the week. The Steelers gone into Cincinnati. Caleb, what in God's green earth happened in Cincinnati? I mean, this game was one of the dumbest NFL games I've ever watched, and I've watched a lot of NFL football. Um, Look, Steelers defense came out. They looked like they were on a mission, and Joe Burrow obliged with four interceptions, lost a fumble. Bengals looked terrible. 
Um, the good news for them is the Steelers' offense uh, actually is terrible. Um, so they weren't really able to pull away at all um, and put sort of any real breathing room between them and, and, and Cincinnati, which ultimately led to Cincinnati coming back, tying the game with no time left in regulation. And then uh, Minkah Fitzpatrick, who had a, a monster game, makes a great play, blocks an extra point, sends it to overtime. And then the team sort of trade miss field goals, and you end it with Boswell hitting a 50-plus yarder as, the, as time expires. Um, well, I think if you're a Bengals fan, you feel like you probably should have won this game despite how poorly Burrow played. Um, Jamar Chase, he looks like he's picking up right where he went. He left off last year. I mean, he was a force to be reckoned with in this game. Like I said, Minka Fitzpatrick, monster game, pick six bunch of big hits, bunch of big pass breakups, and then uh, obviously blocks the extra point that that really saved the game. Um, the running backs in this one, uh, I am I have Joe Mixon in, in my main league. Um, I'm a big Joe Mixon fan. I think he's one of the more durable and dependable running backs uh, from a fantasy perspective. He's always going to get carries. He's very rarely going to lay an egg and get you two points or anything like that. Um Pretty solid game from him. Doesn't get in the end zone, which hurts the the points a little bit. But, um, you know, I think he put together a 15 or 16 point game and, and that's non PPR legs. So uh, he's probably getting up close to 20 in PPR legs. Um, other thing to keep an eye on is Najee Harris left this one with a foot injury late. Sounds like he's going to be um, OK. Uh, we'll see if he plays this week against New England, but um something to keep an eye on because you guys will remember he did have that foot injury uh that kept him out most of training camp so um definitely worth keeping an eye on if 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 you're a Najee Harris owner yeah and something to keep an eye on too with him is that he didn't do anything when he was in the game um with that Steelers offensive line you really don't know if they're ever going to get something going on on the ground um Patriots went down to Miami Bill Belichick faces arch-rival, the GOAT, Tua. Um, really nothing too interesting in this game. Um, Tua, 270 yards, a touchdown. Um, he didn't take off and run at all, which is interesting. Two carries for no yards. Um, on the New England side of the ball, Ty Montgomery led the New England backfield in points despite averaging negative one yards of carry. Um, that's a little bit worrisome. Harris had nine for 48, and Stevenson eight carries for 25 yards. Um, something to monitor there because that's all we've heard about this offseason is Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. They're both going to be passable, serviceable. Um, hard to imagine a better game script as Mac Jones did nothing this game um, besides get hurt. Um New England receivers had 12 fantasy points combined. Um, pretty much you can drop any one of them you have. Uh, Edmonds didn't look good. 12 carries for 25 yards. Mostert, a slight improvement. 5 carries for 16 yards. Um, reminds you of last year with Miles Gaskin. What's going on in this backfield? It doesn't seem like they are interested in running the ball um, they're not committed to it. You would think with all these weapons on the outside, they could get something going. But um, 
honestly, anybody in this backfield. Mostert's probably worth a drop at this point. Edmonds, I'd put him on the bench until you see something from him. Um, Waddle was the winner. Four catches on five targets, 69. Nice. Yards, a TD. Uh, Hill, 12 targets. He caught eight of them, 94 yards, fumbled once. Um, pretty quiet game here. The Dolphins win 20-7. to um, Doesn't look like the Patriots are going to be gonna be a force to be reckoned with this year at all. Um, and like I said, I'd put those Patriots running backs on the bench until uh, till we figure out what's going on there. Um, the Ravens went in to New York at the Jets. Allie, how'd Lamar do? Well, Lamar led the team to victory. He went 17 for 30 for 213 yards and three touchdowns. Um, lots of throwing in this game. You know, with J.K. Dobbins being out, they couldn't really get their run game going. Throwing to Devin du- Duvernay and Rashad Bateman. Found it Mark Andrews a couple times. I know he was a little bit of a disappointment for a bunch of us that drafted him pretty high. Um, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I think they just were finding a couple different receivers this game. So... Joe Flacco um, back in the game, throwing the ball a lot. He had 59 um, attempts for 307 yards, which is which is quite a bit for that veteran. Um, main targets were Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson, and um, the tight end up there, Tyler Conklin. Um, Michael Carter got a couple, got most of the carries, while Brees Hall saw a little bit of time. Um, I know that Brees Hall went pretty high in a bunch of the other leagues I'm in, so. That was a little concerning seeing him not get a ton of touches, but with him just being a rookie, maybe they're just trying to give the veteran some more some more carries. Um, I know last week I said my I was going in low on Baltimore defense. I'd kind of forgot that their secondary was really hurt last year, but they showed up yesterday with three sacks, a fumble recovery, and an interception. Um, big big day for Baltimore defense. Yeah, I think you're feeling okay if you're if you got anybody in the Ravens offense. They started pretty slow, but everybody eventually, uh, you know, came back and and gave you a couple points at least. Bateman caught that late touchdown, um, big 55 yarder. So um, I think you you escape unscathed for the most part here. Um, Colts Texans really interesting game uh, here. I. Half watched this in my uh, Sunday ticket multi-stream, so I could tell who most of the players were. Um, Matt Ryan honestly didn't look good at all. 352 yards and a touchdown through an interception. Uh, you would, if you watched the game, you'd be shocked. He threw for 352 yards. Um, a little early here, but he he looks like he might be a little washed. Uh, Davis Mills. 240 yards, two touchdowns. This guy's been pretty solid since week 14 of last year. He looks like he might be a serviceable NFL quarterback. Um, big winner in this game is people that took Jonathan Taylor. Uh, this was shaping up to be a good game script, we thought, for him. Ended up not being at all. The Colts trailed for most of this game, um, but they stuck to their game plan. Uh, 31 carries for Taylor, 161 yards and a TD. Uh, Hines only got three carries. We've heard all offseason about how Hines is going to get, you know, this many carries. And, you know, Taylor comes out week one and says, I'll take 91% of the carries. You're feeling good about that. Um, wasn't a wasn't a Taylor-type performance. There wasn't a lot of explosive runs. But, um, you know, I think... 
the Texans, they look like they're a lot better um, than they were last year. Um, maybe the Colts aren't what they were last year. Um, I know their defense looks like a shell of its 2021 self. Um, Damian Pierce, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. 11 carries for 33 yards. Um, we got to stop reaching for guys in the third round that were drafted lower than that in the NFL draft. Um, it's a little bit ridiculous. I'm not saying the guy isn't going to have a good year, but um, to reach up that high for a guy that, that nobody knows about, uh, you might end up paying the price. Pittman, really the only receiver worth mentioning for the Colts. Uh, he was targeted 13 times, had nine catches, 121 yards, and a TD. That feels really good for you know a fifth, sixth-round pick um, that you could grab him in this year. Brandon Cooks, targeted 12 times, caught seven of them, 82 yards. Again, that's pretty solid, solid week for that guy. Anytime that guy gets you 8 to 10, is good because usually he's a you know three point or 20 point kind of guy as we saw last year um the colts and texans tie 20 to 20 uh the giants and the titans pretty surprising game here as well luke what happened yeah the giants actually took it down for once um they won 21 to 20 it was a close game the whole time uh daniel jones didn't look too bad he went 17 for 21, 188 yards, two touchdowns, but he had an interception and a fumble. And for anyone who's watched any Giants games, he fumbles probably every other game. So that's not good to see that he hasn't fixed that. Um, Saquon is back. 18 carries, 164 yards, touchdown. He scored the clutch two-point conversion. That won them the game. I would be very high on Saquon if you drafted him this year. Um the receiver play, the Giants here, there's not really much there. We had a big play from Sterling Shepard, 65 for a touchdown. Um, Kenny Galladay is not worth his contract, only had two catches for 22 yards. Um, Darius Tony only played seven snaps. Now, he was being listed as kind of limited, but so it might take him a little bit of time to get back into the game plan, but I would watch Tony over the next few weeks to see what kind of touches he gets. Um, but yeah, and Brian DeBull, he makes a ballsy call, goes for it to win the game, gets it because there was a botched extra point earlier in the game, and it pays off. So Giants took it down. For the Titans, Ryan Tannehill, he didn't look good or bad. He really, he was pretty average, 266 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Derrick Henry, it looks good. He had 21 carries. He didn't really have that big run that he usually gets every game. So he still had the volume, but he only had 3.9 yards per carry, which is nothing like Derrick Henry that we know. Um, he only saw one target in the passing game, but he unfortunately wasn't able to get it. There was also no really good receivers that stood out. Burks only had three catches. Um, the good thing is Kyle Phillips, which no one was really on him at all. Um, he had nine targets, six catches. So if you have him in a PPR league or you can pick him up, I would do so. Um, also, Robert Woods did not look good. He only had one catch, 13 yards, and he played 71% of the snaps. So it's not like he wasn't getting the routes and everything. Um, Hiller, Dontra Hiller, the backup running back, actually had 
most of the receiving. He had three catches, but they were all big catches, 61 yards, two touchdowns. So he takes a lot of that from Henry. Henry's not known to be in the passing game too much, but that was also touches that Henry could have seen. Um, and then we saw the missed field goal that lost in the game, two seconds left. It was a longer field goal, but still, the Giants pulled this one off. Yeah, I think if you if you're an owner of anybody on that Giants offense besides Barkley and Tony, I, I think it's time to hang it up. There doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot there, um, but it seems like the volume should be there for Tony when he gets back. He the only touch he had was a great run. Um, you can see that potential there. Um, Next game was Raiders at the Chargers. Even though if you watched the game, you would notice there was more Raiders fans than there was Chargers fans, which kind of feels bad. Um, Derek Carr, 295 yards, two touchdowns. Donated three balls to the Los Angeles Chargers cause. Um, he looks awful. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I watched this game. I like watching the Chargers. He looks terrible. Um, if you have him... Unless you're in a super deep league, there's got to be somebody better. Um, there was a lot of chances in this game. He should have had a 55-yard touchdown to Devontae Adams. Terrible pass. Um, Herbert looks like Herbert. Uh, 279 yards, three touchdowns. That's without Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen was eating in this game. Um, he had four catches in like what seemed like five seconds into the game. Um, just was going to have his way and, and just came up limp. Um, that's something to, to keep an eye out there. Um, Jacobs had a, a quiet 10 for 57 line. Um, Raiders just seem to prefer having future Hall of Famer Derek Carr throw it to the wrong team. Um, Brandon Bolden caught a touchdown on a wheel route. Um, Eckler pretty quiet in this one, 14 carries for 36 yards, another 36 yards receiving, um, a lot of Sony Michelle in this game, something to monitor, um, there for sure. Devontae Adams was Devontae Adams, uh, 10 catches, targeted 17 times, he almost out-targeted the rest of the Raiders players combined. Um, only 37 pass attempts, and 17 of them went to Devontae Adams. 141 yards and a TD. Um, should have been a lot more. Um, should have been two TDs, and probably you're looking at close to 200 yards. Um, but that's the price you pay when you got Derek Carr. Um, he's not going to be able to make some of those throws. DeAndre Carter, who I've never heard of, uh, took the lead on the Chargers when Allen went out. He caught three of his four targets, 64 yards and a touchdown. Um, like I said, Allen, four catches on four targets, 66 yards. There's a missing persons report out for Mike Williams. Nobody saw him on the field. Wasn't seen leaving the stadium. Um, you know, if you know where he's at, let his fantasy owners know. They'd like to know. Waller uh, caught four of his six targets for 79 yards. They had a good thing going there. Seemed like he was selling down. Um and, and and finding some space there, but they didn't seem to go back to it. Um, I mean, you actually have to look away from Devontae Adams in order to see him. Um, and Everett for the Titans, a lot of people had him in. Um, you know, always a good idea to play a guy that's in a high-powered offense, and it paid off with a pretty weird touchdown where he walked backwards for like seven yards and scored. Um, don't see that too often. 
Uh, the Chargers take this one 24-19, not the shootout that, that people were expecting. Um, I think that Chargers defense looks a little bit better, and I also think the Chargers just you know, need some time to, to work on those connections coming out coming out of the preseason. Um, Chiefs went into Arizona. Pretty high-scoring game here, but really only on one side. Allie, break it down. You know, Patrick Mahomes, he looked great even with Tyreek leaving. He went for 360 yards and five touchdowns. Um, he really looked great. He was playing great ball, you know, threw to Juju a couple times for quite a few yards, but Juju fumbled twice. Um, Sky Moore caught his only target for 30 yards, but did see a lot in the run game here. Um, CEH, seven carries for 42 yards, three catches for 32 yards, and two touchdowns. He had a big week this week. Um, as we said last week, we kind of went to that high-low with Kelsey. Nine gra eight grabs of nine targets for 121 yards and a touchdown. Kelsey had a great week. On the other side of the ball, um, Kyler, 193 yards for two touchdowns. Um, Connor didn't look so great. Did score a touchdown, but, you know, he didn't didn't look like the Connor that we saw last year on the Cardinals. Um, Hollywood went for 43 yards and a touchdown. And Ertz got a touchdown there and some, some garbage time at the end. But Chiefs really ran that game with, like you said, high score, but on only one side of the ball. Yeah, pretty much everything for the Cardinals there. You, you got to chalk up to garbage time. I don't think... Uh, I didn't even realize that Hollywood ended up with a touchdown. Um, that game was out of hand almost before it started. Um, Packers at the Vikings. Packers closed as slight dogs here. They were favorites during the week. Luke, uh, what happened to your boys out there? They got pummeled, I'm going to be honest. They, they looked horrible. Um... Aaron Rodgers didn't look like himself. Um, as soon as I saw Christian Watson drop that 75-yard touchdown, I knew it was pretty much over from there. He has no trust in any of his receivers. He doesn't have Devontae anymore. The only receiver he's really worked with is Robert Tunyon, and he was out all last year pretty much. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Um, but then again, they did this week one last year. They lost 38-3 to to the Saints. So I wouldn't have really... For me, I'm not too worried about it. They play at home against the Bears on Monday night. I'm sure they will absolutely destroy them like they do every year. Um, but, yeah, Rodgers just can't come back from his deficits. He gets picky with his throws. He tries to make miracle plays and makes bad decisions. So something that he'll have to monitor. Um, big story here, A.J. Dillon, 10 carries, 45 yards, and Aaron Jones only had five carries, but he had 49 yards. So he's averaging almost 10 yards a carry. Not sure why they wouldn't feed him the ball. I understand A.J. Dillon's great, but you got to go with your star players here. Because um, he, Aaron Jones still outplayed him 61% of snaps. They just weren't getting him the ball. Um, Dillon also had the only touchdown of the game. He was up at red zone a lot at the goal line. So that's not good for Aaron Jones' owners as well. Um, if A.J. Dillon's getting all the red zone looks, that would be pretty worried about that and then AJ Dillon also led the team in receptions and yards so if you have AJ Dillon because I know I drafted Jones and Dillon I would look at him as an RB2 even with Jones playing if he's going to get that type of usage um yeah I mean next week Alan Lazard obviously was out this week so I would look for Alan Lazard to have a pretty good game against the Bears the Bears defense is very good 
and Rodgers will have his wide receiver one back. Um, for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins looked good. He's obviously a good quarterback, but he's average in some people's eyes. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, had 277 yards, two touchdowns. Didn't play great, but he didn't play bad at all. Um, I predicted that Justin Jefferson was not going to have a big game, and clearly I was wrong because they decided to play his own defense. I will go into that a little more later. Um, Jair wanted to shadow him, but apparently our defensive coordinator said no. Um, Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, 90 yards, had a pretty solid game. I mean, all of that came from the end of the game when they were all up, just trying to juke clock, only averaging four and a half per carry, which isn't too bad. But also, Alexander Madison had eight carries for 36 yards, averaged the same amount per carry. So is he actually better? He could be. They just, he doesn't, they don't use him. Um, obviously, Justin Jefferson had most of the targets, nine catches, 180 yards, two touchdowns, a monster game. Adam Thielen only had four targets, caught three of them, didn't have a terrible game, but there's nothing to really talk about there. Um, their defense looked really good. Obviously, they've always had a solid defense, but they're only rostered in 3% of leagues. That's according to sleepers, so you need a defense to stream. I would look at them. Yeah, Harrison Smith looked like the Harrison Smith of old there uh, on a couple of those plays. It, it Definitely interesting to monitor those uh, Green Bay running backs. You feel like a game like that, you know, if you're struggling on offense, that seems like exactly what you'd want to do is pound the rock, slow the game down. But uh, I don't know. It didn't seem like it was in the game plan. Important to note, too, like we had – there's two linemen out, especially David Bakhtiari was out for the game. So if he plays – that helps coverage. That helps the run game. So yeah, I think that actually was in in the betting odds. I think that was a three point swing as soon as the Packers were minus one and a half when I was following it all week, and then uh, I know Sunday afternoon it flipped to them being plus one and a half. So um, definitely, at least I test that made a big difference for people. Yeah, probably objectively the worst game of the week, which sucked because it was Sunday night. Um, or maybe it didn't suck because you could just go to bed at halftime and not be irresponsible like I did. Uh, Allie, the Bucks and the Cowboys, uh, what happened here? I was starting with that same intro. You know, with all these crazy games during the day, I was really looking forward to Sunday night, but this game was was just kind of boring. Um, I mean, Tom Brady started year 23 looking solid, 212 yards. I mean, 10 yards short of hitting my same game parlay because you think, hey, when does Tom Brady not go for 225 yards? But he didn't. Um, Julio Jones, you know, made a name for himself the first week. And not sure if this is true or not because Collinsworth said it, but apparently the trade started between Tom Brady and Julio Jones on the DMs of Instagram. So I thought that was pretty interesting. He's dropping a couple great throws to him and getting a bunch of big catches. Um, Chris Godwin out again with an injury. It was a little confusing a hamstring not sure how long it'll be but Mike Evans looked great so they still have a pretty good receiving core down there in Tampa Bay Leonard he was the most exciting part of this game excellent running excellent blocking um he was like I said most exciting part of watching this game just watching him um one of the defenders on Dallas Micah Parsons had a great game but this one block that Leonard had on him was was pretty crazy if you caught that anywhere Dallas offense, they looked they looked bad. So Dak is out for a couple weeks with a hand injury. So if you have him, maybe the panic meter is going up a little bit. But 
just couldn't seem to get that pass game started. Top three wide receivers combined for less than 12 points in, in non-PPR leagues. And to put that in perspective, Mike Evans alone had more than that. So it was just really one-sided on the offense. Um, Micah Parsons, though, making some big plays, had a couple big hits on Tom Brady and was running guys down the field. And Zeke looks pretty cool with the visor, but just couldn't seem to get the run game going this week. So didn't score very many points. And I know in a couple of leagues I have him in, but um, I'm not ready to give up on Zeke yet. But, you know, with all these changes to the Dallas offense, Cooper Rush going in for Dak, it's just I think they're a big question mark right now. So maybe, like I said, panic meter going a little going up a little bit if you have any Dallas off- offense. Yeah, I think the panic meter for Dak should be higher than it would be just if he was injured. I mean, he's not only injured, but he looked terrible. Um, I was cringing every time he threw the ball. Um, Like you said, Lenny seems like a big winner in that game. Had a great game without getting a touchdown. You'd love to see that. But I'm not too worried about Zeke. I think him and Pollard could both um, work their way up into starting lineups um, with, you know, obviously the quarterback play, you know. At least for now, unless they make a move, you know, taking a significant hit, theoretically. Um, yeah, the crazy thing on that game was that I, I realized I didn't even say his name was C.D. Lamb. You know, he went in top couple rounds in most leagues, and like I said, I didn't even say his name. So he uh, he was kind of invisible this game, and I don't see him coming back with Cooper Rush being the quarterback. Yeah, this, I mean, that's definitely something that we will have to talk about, but uh, about this time next week, your panic meter is going to be at about a 15 on CD um, if, if nothing changes. Um, probably tied or close to it for the most surprising game of the week. Uh, Russell Wilson rode his way to Seattle, and he didn't ride back the way he was planning. What happened, Luke? No, I mean... You look at Russ's stat line, 29 for 42, 340 to touchdown. It doesn't sound that bad. But if you watch the game, it was he was making some throws that shouldn't be made. He was trying to go deep, throwing in a double coverage. Um, all The whole first half, he didn't hit a receiver until he hit Judy on that 67-yard touchdown. It was all tight ends, little check downs. Like, he was not throwing the ball. So I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he needs to settle into the offense. I don't know if it's the due head coach, what it is, but he didn't look too good. Um, Melvin Gordon and Javante split time. Javante played a little more, but um, I know in our, my leagues, Javante went pretty high. So Melvin Gordon had 12 for 58, which is pretty solid for him. Javante, 7 for 43. Um Javante, like I said, played more snaps. But if you have a PPR league, I'm sure Javante did great for you. He had 11 catches, 65 yards. They were going to him late in the game just on little screens, little uh, wheel routes, everything. So if you have him, I would look to him for the rest of the season. His usage should go up because they're going to want to win games. Um, Jerry Jude and Cortland Sutton both pretty much were equal. I mean, obviously... Judy had touchdown in the big play, but without that, Sutton had most of the targets in crunch time. They both had seven targets, both had four catches. Like I said, just the big play. Sutton had 72 yards. They both looked pretty solid. Um, Denver couldn't get it done in the red zone, though. Whenever Melvin Gordon fumbled once and Javante Williams fumbled once, all inside the five-yard line, back-to-back. So that doesn't look good for... 
the Broncos at all. I mean, I wouldn't be too worried if you have either one of them. It happens. Um, Melvin Gordon's always had fumbling issues, so if you have him, I would also monitor that a little bit, but Javante, I wouldn't worry about too much. Um, for some reason, they ended up going for a 64-yard field goal at the end of the game instead of going for it on fourth down, and obviously, unless you're Justin Tucker, you're not making that field goal. Um, so, they lost this game just because of that call, in my opinion, um, and their defense just did not look good. Geno Smith tore him up. Um, speaking of Geno, 23 for 28, had five incompletions the whole entire game. 195 yards, two touchdowns. That doesn't really sound like that was that good, but if you watch the game, he started out 13 for 13. He, he looked really solid. Um, Rashad Penny, when he got the ball, he looked pretty good. 12 carries, 60 yards, average five per carry. He was busting off on big runs like he usually does. Uh, last season, when he was going off of the last half of the season, he looked pretty much the same. Um, but there is something to watch. Kenneth Walker is supposed to play next week, so that you could see them kind of split time a little bit. Kenneth Walker is a promising rookie. He looked great at Michigan State, so I would monitor that if you have shot Penny. Um, DK Metcalf had the most catches. Only He only had really had seven, but he only had 36 yards. They're all pretty short catches, little wide receiver screens, and he also fumbled, so I'd keep an eye on that. I know in our league he actually only had like one point because he had a fumble. So I would keep an eye on that. But Gino likes his tight ends, apparently. He had Will Disley, three catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Colby Parkinson, two catches, 43, and a touchdown. Both of those players I've barely heard anything about, but Gino seems to like them, even though they have no fan. He only had three catches, six, 16 yards. He was mostly used in the run game to block. Their defense looked great in the red zone. Like I mentioned, they had two fumbles. But I would watch, if you do have the Seattle defense, Jamal Adams is probably going to be out for a long time. Yeah, uh, Noah Fant owners uh, not having a good day today after seeing Disley get a free touchdown, who I've never – well, I have heard of him, but – all right, well, that wraps up the week one slate. Um, we got some winners and losers. Um, I have two from the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles running backs, um, if you played any of them, which seemed like they had a lot that were playable, um, you got a touchdown. But uh, I don't think you're feeling too good about it. I think Boston Scott only had one carry. Um, Gainwell, I think, had five or less. Um, so... You're really, really risking it if you're putting those guys out there on Sunday. Um, but the same goes for Sanders. I mean, Sanders had a great slash line. I think I said 13 for 96 and a touchdown. Um, you know, that seems like probably the best game he's going to have. Um, they don't seem to care to feed him the ball in the red zone. Um, you know, if you can get a really solid guy that's going to see more volume um, in return. I think you might think about doing that. Um, important to remember, he hasn't scored a touchdown since 2019, so the perfect time to get rid of him would be the week that he finally scores a touchdown um, and people forget. Um, the Eagles receivers, again, if your name's not A.J. Brown, um, one catch on five targets against a terrible pass defense. Um you got to monitor that. Um, you're not in panic mode because of where you got Devonta Smith. Um, you know, low risk, high reward there. But 
Um, you know, if it's going to be running backs, A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard, um, you know, where does where does Devonta Smith fit into that? You feel like a guy like that would do better um, with a true a true wide receiver one out there, um, making space for him. But you know, zero point zero zero point zero. Um, I don't think you can run him out there until until you see something from him. Um, Caleb, uh, give us your winners and losers here for this week. Yeah, guys, my winners this week: uh, Michael Thomas truthers. Uh, we touched on it earlier, but guy had a monster game. Really, his first game back in you know a year plus. You, you guys will remember he missed all of last season. Look, we obviously know what Michael Thomas brings to the table. He's been an All Pro before. He's been there. He's done that. He's got multiple thousand yard uh, seasons under his belt. He's obviously a very good receiver. Um, but what we touched on, you know, in a, in a prior episode was you really just have to see him on the field. Um, and on Sunday we saw him on the field and he was extremely productive. He caught five of eight targets, uh, only 57 yards, but he's not really a downfield threat. So I don't think the, you know, the yards per catch is really going to be there with Michael Thomas. But if he snags two touchdowns every week, you got to play him in fantasy. Um, and so I, I think the guys that might have snagged, well, guys and girls that might have snagged Michael Thomas, it's sort of in the, the later half of the draft, uh, you got to be feeling pretty good about that after week one. Um, my losers, uh, Elijah Mitchell owners, um, I think a lot of people, myself included, had big expectations for him this year, um, particularly with Mostert gone. Uh, Mitchell was really going to be the guy, and he leaves this one uh, in the second quarter with a knee injury that looks like it'll sideline him for, um, I think, prelim eight to ten weeks is what they're saying right now. Uh, so you got to feel pretty bad about that, especially for a guy that, you know, at least in my leagues, was going in sort of that uh, second wave of, of running backs. Um, so, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Uh to have that happen, but as a former Christian McCaffrey owner, uh, I understand your pain. I you just took the words right out of my mouth. I, I mean, he seems like we're getting to the point where he's a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I mean, last year he missed time with four different injuries. Um, week one already, he's missing time. He almost seems untouchable unless you know you can get him for almost free in a game. He's going to get in there and play. Um, and definitely something to look out for. Um, Allie, uh, who are your winners and losers this week? Baltimore Ravens wide receivers, Duvernay and Bateman. I know I picked up Bateman pretty late in one of my leagues. Um, he played great this week. So with J.K. Dobbins being out and their run game kind of being a question mark, Lamar seemed to be throwing the ball great this week, so I think you were a winner if you picked up either of those guys, especially as a second wide receiver in in a lot of different leagues. Losers? Carolina defense. They gave up 355 yards and got zero points. If you had them in as your defense this week against against the Browns, you got a big old zero. So that was pretty unfortunate. And um, like I kind of said before, Dallas receivers, you know, all three going for less than Mike Evans alone and now Dak being out. I just think those they're all question marks right now. 
Yeah, it was interesting to see uh, Gallup drop off everybody's roster that had him on IR. It's, it's not even worth an IR spot for this guy at this point, um, even though, you know, have to expect he'll be okay when he comes back. Uh, Luke, winners and losers. All right, my winners for this week. Anyone who has Devontae Adams, I mean, for the drafts that I've seen, he was dropping sometimes at the beginning of the third round, which is nothing like we've ever seen before for Devontae. I mean, I know last year when I had him, I picked him first round, probably like eighth pick. So, like, seeing that his production, obviously it's not going to be as good without the real Hall of Fame quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, not Derek Carr. Um, it's obviously not going to be good, like 17 targets on 10 catches, that's seven balls that were missed, and they were probably all Derek Carr's fault. So, like, having those monster games, even with that missed targets, it would be kind of hard to keep up, but you can see that it's pretty good for him, at least this week. Um, and the loser I have is anyone has Aaron Jones. I mean, I have him. He got outshined by A.J. Dillon, which a lot of people expected A.J. Dillon to kind of take over uh Aaron Jones is on a huge contract they might look to trade him or get rid of him um but I wouldn't be too worried he played more snaps than uh AJ Dillon did he's gonna have more receiving upside in the games that the Packers are in they just weren't in this game they had no chemistry um but like I said only eight touches that's something that you can't have for a high-end RB2 yeah like you said uh you feel good if you're a Devontae Adams owner, um, good production. I would try to shy away from watching the games because you'll see a lot of points that uh, you know don't end up being there. Even the touchdown was a terrible pass that he somehow reeled in. Um, should have had another 50-yard bomb. You know, it's all hypotheticals, but take you know take your 20 points and get out from this week. Um, it's, he's not going to put up the numbers that he once did, um, but you know. When you downgrade a quarterback and your position re- relies on that, that's that's what happens. Um, let's head to the waiver wire. Look at some guys uh, might be worth a look for this week. Um, I'm going to start at QB. Uh, I think Davis Mills, he's rostered in 14% of sleeper leagues. Um this guy looks like a solid player. Um, he's not. He had a you know last year, beginning of the year, he had a four interception explosion. Um, you know, he's a young guy. He needs, he needs that playing time. He needs the experience. Um, you know, since week 14 of last year that, you know, he came back and and started starting again, he's got 11 touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, right now he's playing like, you know, kind of a poor man's Kirk Cousins. You know, if your team's really solid, you waited on quarterback, you know, maybe you grabbed like Mac Jones or somebody, um, doesn't look like he's going to be serviceable this year. Maybe Davis Mills in a 12-team league um, is worth a grab. Um, run him out there. And Carson Wentz, it has to be said. Um, especially in a six-point passing touchdown league, it doesn't look like they're going to look to run the ball in the red zone. Um, you know, he's looking downfield. Um, yeah, again, through two interceptions in true Carson Wentz, fill out the stat sheet fashion. Um I don't think that's something to be too concerned about at the end of the day, especially in a six point league. If your guy goes out there and throws four touchdowns and two interceptions, you know, you're going to live with that. Um, 
So I think he's he's worth taking a look. Again, only 19% rostered, so he should be available. Um, you know, a 12-team league or, you know, if you waited on quarterback, like I said, um, those are two guys I, I, I would think about, about grabbing. Um, running back, clearly the obvious, probably going to go number one to everyone, um, you know, with that waiver wire position. Um, going to be a high bidder for uh, fab leagues. Uh, Caleb, uh, JWJ, Jeff Wilson Jr., going to see the field for the Niners earlier than we thought. Yeah, I mean, with Mitchell going out, this one's just a no-brainer, guys. Like, we know what Kyle Shanahan's offense does with running backs. We've seen it with Elijah Mitchell. We've seen it with Raheem Moster last year when he was hurt. We even saw Jeff Wilson Jr. a little bit last year, and he had some success in that Shanahan offense when both Mitchell and Moster were down. Um, you know, he's he's rostered right now in 20% of sleeper leagues. I expect that number to go north of 90 percent by tomorrow um but if you have waiver position uh i i definitely pick him up he's immediately projecting to get nine to ten points in non-ppr leagues um so i think you slot him in as maybe a low level rb2 or even a a a high-end flex um spot you know again this one's a a a no-brainer just based on the the mitchell injury yeah, and even if you have no use for a running back, um, everybody's going to be after this guy, especially people you know zero wide or zero running back truthers. Um, he, you can you should be able to flip this guy for a solid wide receiver um, pretty easily with you know six to eight weeks of, of solid work coming up. Um, wide receiver, lots of guys stood out uh, this week. Um, we touched on it a little bit. Curtis Samuel, Caleb, uh, what did you make of his performance? Yeah, this guy looked good. And, I mean, you'll remember when I think it was when Ron Rivera came over, he sort of brought Curtis Samuel with him over from the Panthers. And Samuel missed, I think, almost all of last year with with injuries. And there was a lot of talk um, amongst the Redskins slash football team slash commanders fan base um, about this Curtis Samuel guy, and we're hearing all this hype about Curtis Samuel and yada, yada, yada. And um, I think Ron Rivera's kind of been uh, justified, um, at least, you know, obviously a small sample size. But look, this guy can maybe fill like a Debo Samuel type role um, in that offense, right? Sunday, uh, he has eight catches for 55 yards and a touchdown and adds four carries for 17 yards. I think. You know, from a wide receiver position, um, there's a ton of upside there. And if he keeps getting looks and keeps getting targets in the passing game, um, you know, I think he's a good ad. Only rostered in 12% of leagues um, as we sit today. Uh, So I I definitely look at picking up Curtis Samuel there. I think there's um, a, a good bit of upside there. Yeah, and another guy you have there is a guy that maybe snagged victory from the jaws of defeat. Uh, What's going on with Robbie Anderson? Look, Robbie Anderson's always been, uh, in my mind, a one-trick pony, right? I don't think Robbie Anderson is a great NFL receiver, but he does a few things very well, uh, and one of those is uh, be very long, and the other one is be very fast and be able to run quickly in a straight line. Um, He caught a 75-yard touchdown bomb from Baker Mayfield on Sunday. I mean, he slots in as... uh, low wide receiver three 
maybe a flex option if you're desperate. Um, but, like, you can't ignore that upside. You only need him to make one of those plays a week, and it's paying off. Um, you know, so I think if you're hurting at receiver or, or you could use a, a flex player with, with home run potential, um, I think Robbie Anderson's a place to look. Only rostered in 17% of sleeper leagues um, right now. Yeah, and we already touched on the Panthers' defense being terrible, so seems like they're going to need to throw the ball. Um, Luke. 100%. Jahan Dotson, two touchdowns in his debut. Hard to top that. Uh, what do you make of it? Yes, sir. I'm Penn State product. He's, according to Sleeper, he's rostered in 55% of leagues. Um, I'm assuming that number is a lot lower than it's actually stated as. But, um, I mean, if you guys watched him, I know I did a Penn State. I'm a Penn State fan. with Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford's not the greatest quarterback ever. And he balled out every single game and it looks like he's pretty much looking to do the same I mean he has Carson Wentz at the helm Carson Wentz isn't a terrible quarterback he just has ups and downs but he's pretty consistent um, he had a low target share at 12% but Carson Wentz also threw the ball 41 times so I mean your target share is not going to look too good for any receiver but I mean his upside is nuts like I said um, he could have low-tier wide receiver, too, if he actually sees the volume that he deserves. Um, and when he was in, he ran a route on ni- pretty much 98% of Washington's pass plays, which looks great for him to see the ball. And he played about 90% of the snaps. So I would feel like he gets a lot of volume as soon as they build up that chemistry together, and he'll be a solid wide receiver, too, if you can get him. Yeah, and it seems like the chemistry is already there. I mean, you're coming out week one. He's looking for you in the red zone multiple times. Um, clearly a guy that Wentz is, is comfortable looking at. Um, probably the most interesting thing that I saw this week is Kyle Phillips, who I legitimately had never heard of, um, came out and got nine targets for the Tennessee Titans. Um, he caught 66 of them for 66 yards. He fumbled. A um, little bit of feels bad there, but that's something to monitor in, in a Tennessee offense that we have no idea what it's going to look like. I mean, I've, I was as high on Robert Woods as anybody, um, but he's getting old, and, and can he can he sustain that wide receiver one workload? Is he quick enough? Is he fast enough um, to work on those corners um, and get open? Um, you, We really don't know what, you know, what that – wide receiving core is going to look like um so pretty interesting that you know he was getting looked at that many times um you know when he's pretty far down on the depth chart um lots of guys at tight end that you could look at um probably the most obvious one if you're you know not really paying a lot of attention is oj howard um you go to tight ends you go to stats and you go to week one and you're like oh my god um I wouldn't buy into the hype. You can grab him for free um, once the waiver's clear if you can. It's not worth giving up your position um, to grab this guy. He was barely on the field. I think he played like 16% of the snaps. Um, it's a two-touchdown game. Um, if you're in a fab league, would not spend anything on him. Um, you know, you're looking to pick this guy up for free, if at all. Um, you know, I can see it now three weeks from now. You know, this take is aging horribly, but um, I'm not buying what what O.J. Howard's selling, um, at least not yet. Um, 
So, as many fantasy owners will be familiar with, you're sitting there watching the games on Sunday. Uh, exactly zero things are going as you planned. Um, it makes you want to blow a gasket. Caleb, go off. Cam Akers, guys. What is going on with this guy? I watched the game on Thursday. I picked Cam Akers. So, for context, I had the last pick of my draft because I won the league last year. Not a big deal. Humble brag. I grabbed Cam Akers. I forget what round it was, but I thought I was getting a steal. And I was laughing as I made the pick at all the other idiots in my league that didn't pick Cam Akers. So I flip on the game on Thursday, and I watch this guy get three carries for zero yards, no points in my flex spot, just a nice freaking zero burger right off the bat. I don't know what Sean McVay is doing. He's got Daryl Henderson out there taking carries, running freaking routes, throwing in the ball. Daryl Henderson runs like he's got a ball and chain attached to him. He looks like someone dipped his cleats in concrete and then sent him out on the field, told him to run routes. The guy's a bum. And I don't really know what to do at this point. I don't think I can play Cam Akers this week. So I'm going to be stuck playing. I don't even know who I'm going to play. I guess I'm going to play Devin Singletary, who also doesn't get carries because Josh Allen is basically a running back playing quarterback. But yeah, if you've drafted Cam Akers, um, I feel for you because Sean McVay is a moron. Yeah, I'll keep going on the coaches that are morons. Uh, proud owner of DeAndre Swift in every league possible. Um, I think he looks like the best running back in the league. But what the hell was I watching on Sunday afternoon? DeAndre Swift breaks a 60-yarder about three milliseconds into the game. They're down at the goal line. He ends up getting a touchdown. Then he ends up stacking up 15, whatever it was, carries for 150 yards. Now, fantasy owners would ask, why isn't that 32 carries? And I would like to know the same thing. Then they get to the goal line, and every other goal line carry goes to who other than Jamal Williams? Who's that guy? He's got 11 carries for 28 yards. Dan Campbell hates me. He's feeding this guy that sucks. Two yards a carry, if he's lucky. They're talking about, oh, that locker room loves Jamal Williams. Well, I don't love Jamal Williams. I want DeAndre Swift to get 40 points. Okay, if you played DeAndre Swift this week, you're a winner. He had 28 points, whatever. But you might have lost your matchup because the new touchdown merchant, the reincarnation of James Conner, Jamal Williams, is in there. He's taking the touchdowns for free when he didn't do anything else. Dan Campbell, look right here, buddy. All right, let's get it together, okay? We got a competition here. This is serious. Get this guy off the field. I feel so much better after that. If I have to watch that again... In all seriousness, that's a situation to monitor. You can't you can't live with a running back uh, giving up all the goal line carries to some friggin' bomb, which there's no question Jamal Williams is a bomb. He sucks. 
Luke, the Green Bay Packers, it's your turn. I don't know how I'm going to pull that one up, but I mean, as you can see from my jersey, I am a proud Packers fan, unfortunately. I mean, they were playing a zone defense against the number one, what, debatably the number one wide receiver in the league. Number one, um, number one. Yeah, I want to say Devontae's one, but he's not a Packer anymore, so screw him. Um, Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the league, and they played his own defense. They have probably, debatably, like second best cornerback in the league in Jair Alexander, and he had, I think, I think he matched up with him once the whole entire game, and the one time he did, Justin Jefferson pushed off, got pat- offensive pass interference. So. <clears throat> If I'm the Packers defensive coordinator right now, I'm put playing man-to-man on every single team that has a top receiver in the league, putting Jair on him, who is a lockdown corner. When he was healthy in the playoffs two years ago, he literally gave up negative yardage to receivers. So if you're not going to put him on your best receiver, you might as well trade him away. Just get rid of him. Get something for him if you're not going to do anything with him. And the offense, what in the hell is Rodgers doing? I love Aaron Rodgers. I've always loved Aaron Rodgers. But he's such a crybaby. He gets so upset at his receivers. He can't trust them. He's probably on drugs the whole entire game, which doesn't surprise me. But it's fine. I mean, he's the best quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I won't say best quarterback because that's biased. But he thro- he misses a 75-yard touchdown that his receiver dropped and. All goes to shit after that. Like, there's nothing that <clears throat> gets me so more, much more upset when he just gives up. Because that's basically what he did. He didn't trust his receivers. He wouldn't throw to... He, Watson didn't see a target until the fourth quarter. Didn't, he wasn't even on the field because he dropped one pass. So, I mean, Rodgers has got to grow up. He's 38 years old. He hasn't won a Super Bowl since 2010. He has the defense finally for him to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, the offense is pretty subpar with no receiving core. But Rodgers has got to grow up. We got to get this together if we're going to ever have a chance at winning another one with Henry Rodgers. Yeah, it's something to monitor. I've noticed a trend when Aaron Rodgers has an interview with Aaron Andrews pregame. Take him out right then. Put somebody else in. I think he's averaging about what negative three points in those yeah, two games now the entire game because as we know he can't keep a girlfriend either because he has he was with danica patrick let that one go he's with shaleen woodley let that one go because he's all hippie like he's a hippie boy now so i don't know what the heck's wrong with him but he needs to pick it up i would probably spend less time talking in interviews about ayahuasca and maybe more time uh, meshing with my teammates but Hey, man, that's just me. I, I thought we were going to see an Aaron Rodgers perk 30 second half, man, and, and it, it just didn't pan out. Yeah, I thought we were going to get second half Bears game a couple years ago where he's throwing bombs, his eyes are bloodshot red, but apparently he's off the perky now. Good news is there's no reason to panic. We saw the same thing last year. He came back, uh, played lights out the rest of the year, so, you know, no big deal. Um all right, uh, quick preview for the Thursday night game. Really good game here. Um, worth losing sleep and being tired all day Friday at work for. Um, 
Chiefs playing the Chargers. Um, guys to watch in this one. Uh, for me, it's got to be Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, he had he looked good in Week One, had a great performance. Um, Waller did did well against uh, the Chargers in Week One. Um, found a lot of space. Really, Carr wasn't looking at him a whole lot. Um, Kelsey absolutely gashed the Chargers last year, over 41 points in, in two games against um, L.A. Um, I'm looking at him in this game. Um, I think he's going to be the real difference maker. Um, you know, obviously we saw that that uh, Chargers secondary is a little weak to that wide receiver one uh, position um, in week one, but um, doesn't seem like there's anybody like that on the Chiefs. Um, I'm looking at Kelsey to, to go for at least 10 points. Um, like I said, 41 points of two games last year was a 10-pointer and a 30-pointer. Um, so either way, you're running them out there. But that home run upside um, for sure for sure is in play this week. Um, Allie, who are you looking for on Thursday night? Because I hadn't heard of him until last weekend. But DeAndre Carter. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this Thursday. And, you know, if he has another good week, maybe that's a guy we can put on the waiver wire next week. But he had a great game with the Chargers last week, so let's see what he does against the Chiefs. Yeah, it was pretty surprising to see uh, see him fill out uh, fill in when, when Allen left. I don't think anybody was anticipating that. Um, probably would, would have been thinking more somebody like Josh Palmer um, or somebody like that. Caleb, uh, looks like you might have some info on my missing persons report. Who do you got on Thursday night? Look, Mike Williams might have not got off to the hottest start in week one, but this guy's poised to have a big game on Thursday night. No Keenan Allen, which means he's going to get, you know, wide receiver one targets. Um, the Chiefs defense, I mean, they held the Cardinals in check, but, like, it's the Cardinals, it's Kyler Murray, it was double XP weekend on Activision. Um, like, what you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think Mike Williams can have a big game this week. Um, he had a nice year last year. He's got, in my opinion, the guy who's the best quarterback in the league throwing the ball to him. Um, I mean, you look what Herbert's done over the last 10 weeks of NFL football, and it, he's just unbelievable. Um, he passes the eye test. He puts up numbers. He doesn't turn the ball over. Um, he's just a stud. Um, and so, you know, I think uh, for for those reasons, right, like Mike Williams is, is a good option for me. Um, Eckler is not... I mean, small sample size has only been one week, but he didn't get the usage that I expected him to get um, in week one. I think a lot of people picked him really, really high uh, with expectations that he's going to get, you know, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor level usage, um, both in the run game and the pass game. And that wasn't the case in week one. Um, Chargers seem content to throw the ball, which if I could throw the, the football like Justin Herbert, I don't think I would really do much else. Um so, yeah, I, I, I like Mike Williams in this one. Uh, I think he could have a four-point game, or I think he could have a 20-point game, but I think, um, you know, the upside is definitely there. So throw him in your flex, throw him in your wide receiver three slot, um, and, and maybe get lucky and hit home run. All right, Luke, uh, you had the, the stones here to play a guy in the flex that we weren't sure about this week. Um, you're looking to him again. Uh, who are you watching for on Thursday night? 
Yeah, I'm looking for CEH, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, he only really he had a small sample size, seven carries for 42 yards this week, but he also averaged six a carry, so bringing it up to 14, and he's looking pretty good. Um, he had his two receiving touchdowns out of the backfield. Um, I think they're going to be looking to him a lot this game. I mean, Juju is listed as limited with a shoulder injury, and he had that later in the game. So with their wide receiver one possibly not playing in a short week, I would look. Tra- obviously, you mentioned Travis Kelsey is going to get a lot of the targets, but if you want to run the ball or get little wheel routes out of the backfield, CEH uh, could even line up as a receiver. I think he's going to get a lot of volume in a game that's going to be high scoring. There's going to be a lot of passing. So I feel like he's going to get a lot of check downs uh, if Mahomes can't find anybody. And like I said, if Juju's out, he's not really going to be able to find any besides Travis Kelsey. So I think he's a good play again this week. Yeah, and the Chargers did give up a, a receiving touchdown to, to Brandon Bolden in week one out of the running back position. So, you know, definitely the, the possibility is there um, for that for that receiving touchdown. Um, couple quick injury things to monitor. Like we touched on a lot of these, Elijah Mitchell out for a while. Um, Keenan Allen, it seems like they're, they keep lessening that. I heard eight weeks this morning, then it's all the way down. It seems like it might be one or two weeks at this point. TJ Watt, um, no, not sure when he'll be back yet. You'd want to watch playing that Steelers defense. going to take a big hit. Um, you're missing a lot of the sacks there. Um, you know, more than just his sacks, he creates such a problem on the O-line that um, they're going to lose a lot more sacks than just just the ones that he would get. Uh, Jamal Adams looks like he's going to be out for a while. I don't, I can't imagine you're running Seattle defense out there um, in any format, um, but just in case you were, I'd, I'd keep an eye on that. T. Higgins got laid out, uh, personal foul. Um, he's concussed, looked looked in pain um in the game um not sure what usually you're looking at seven to ten days there so probably not playing this weekend um maybe if tyler boyd's available want to throw him in um but we'll get into uh all of sunday's action here coming up later in the week um let's uh enjoy our thursday night game and have a good week and we'll see you here later in the week thanks guys see you